millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Can I say something like either blow your mind or confuse you? Okay. You can never be backwards on a set of stairs. Would you learn something new every day, I suppose? My brain hurts. <laughs> Welcome to... Oh my... This is like the stock clock is right twice a day thing I did to you last time. I'm just paying my, I'm just paying my, I'm just paying my, that, just is, paying my that is my brain. My brain hurts. Welcome to, and that's why we messed up, the podcast uh, talking about nerdery, geekism, and all else in between from a South London postcode. I am Shannon's one of your amazing hosts. Next to me is the instant classic, bruv, you all right? Sup, sup, sup. Sweet Christmas indeed. Oh, yes. Little hint there. And a uh, big man. On the yeah. other road, you all right? Hello, I'm good. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Hope everyone is well. Cool. This week is my turn, and I'm kind of going to do an episode of two halves that are actually linked. And first off, I think I'd like to uh, talk about Moonlight. So if you <laughs> listen to this fresh off the bat when recording, Moonlight just ended. Um, and yeah, I'd like to I'd like to know your your verdict on on the six episodes that we got. Well, I'm uh, only halfway through. You know, okay. Just, yeah, so I'll be li- literally be listening to your review of it. So I'm all good so far. Okay, I'm gonna navigate spoilers, I guess. So <laughs> nope, uh, we're gonna spoil the hell out of it. We don't care about anyone. You haven't watched it by now. It's your own fault. Boom. Wow. Yeah, I said okay, it. I said it. Bruv spoken, so it's spoiler. It's spoilerific. So there you are. I'm gonna fast forward two. Okay, minutes. I'm gonna be know. respectful. There might be spoilers here. There might be spoilers. So if you really don't want to know, just fast forward until we talk about the next topic. Uh, about two, three minutes or so. I don't know. Um, bruv, what did you think about Moonlight? Yeah, it's alright. Wow, really? That's no, not alright. I mean, it's not. It's not. It's not on the level of of um, Generation X um, pilot from the yeah, okay. Days. Generation. Did you? Did you? You hit your head. Are you okay? You feel alright? Then just come down there. Jeez, I think he is. Put some respect on Generation X. It was one of the first Marvel adaptations that failed. So put some respect to this name. Anyway, in all seriousness, me and I. all laugh. In all in all seriousness, Moon Knight was uh, a really good show. I I did I I had no doubts it would be. Um, yeah, I I. I can't say a bad thing about it. A lot of subject matters that were quite close to home. Um, mm-hmm. I thought his British accent was 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 pretty good. Like hadn't mm-hmm. like like one thing I can say when when he was um, the differences between Mark and Stephen. It's like you want to protect Stephen, and yes. it kind of he with, with, with that image. He kind of he lost that Oscar Isaac charm. Yes. So it was like, like at first, I was, I think I used to, what I said to, said to my, to, to big man and sis was that mm. it makes him come off as 
uglier than he is, which I think is kind of yeah. when I think, but when I think of it, it's kind of harsh because he it, it's, it's not. I say ugly is the wrong word. It just makes him come off as smaller than he is. If that makes more mm-hmm. sense, because um, yeah, Stephen Grant is a is the guy who like well sadly it was created to take the beatings was the one who was the, who was there to protect Mark from the real the, the real hurts in his world in his in his life. So it was his, basically his human shield and. He kind of acted like that, or human punching bag, if, if, if to be more apt, sadly. Um, so when it came to those night, those night and day aspects of those characters, it worked so well, and I was, yeah. it was just, it was just like, honestly, from reading the comic book, um, 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 it just, it, yeah, it just, it was, it was great. It was done really well. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think um, when you first meet Stephen Grant, it's the whole kind of thing. Oh, he's a he, and. You know, let's let's give credit to Oscar Isaac for making himself look butters, um, <laughs> because it's it's a it's a it's a credit to his acting ability that I can see a difference in the actors that he portrays at every point. There's a difference between him in um, in Dune. There's a difference in Moonlight. There's a difference, and there should be, and it's visible, and it's commanding, and it's amazing. And as Stephen, there's that kind of hidden. You spend a lot of time, like when he's saying those awkward things, like "rock" and all that stuff. We know, you, you, do you know what I mean? You observe people like that in your everyday, that's kind of tryhards. A lot mm. of tryhardism about it. But when you get to the depth of what he actually does and the strength within, it's, a, it's an amazing kind of journey to see that. The strength, it's almost the strength and weakness um, kind of thing. And that there are just basic tenets that he sticks to, and Lord, he's one of them. And mm. seeing the, you know, it's one thing to see a journey of someone who's kind of got it all and has the confidence. It's, another thing to see a journey of somebody that we see as the underdog um there's a usual pet hates about about um the location of stuff in london and just for those who may not know it wasn't filmed in the uk even though it used um that kind of uk iconography and background it wasn't actually filmed in the uk um but it was pretty good and i think there's a lot around trauma um, especially Moonlight, and I find it quite interesting as a juxtaposition of using the UK, a place that notoriously has taken a lot from Egypt, used it to its own abandon, taken it, put it in museums, and be like, yeah, this is ours now. <laughs> you can't have it from from Egypt, and ending that kind of journey of reclamation in Egypt as well, which I thought was really good. There was a lot of little things that I I felt were done beautifully. Costume design was on point. Costume design was Mr. on. Mr. Knight's costume was clean. <laughs> Mr. Knight was clean. Was... Moonlight was still was, was good as well, but Mr. Knight's yeah. suit, the suit, the biddy calves, I was like, yeah. That's, Absolutely. That's that's clean. Big man, you've got something good to look forward to. There's a really oh, good fight at the end. Wait. Sorry? I said, no, literally, I cannot wait. Yeah. Honestly, there's some good fight scenes at the end. I think where MCU's at right now with the TV stuff is um, they've got it down in terms of pacing. I thought the episodes kept everything tight, kept it moving. It's a, it's always the kind of show which is on its feet, so you don't really get time to rest on it. Yeah. Um, if anything, I feel like the they were kind of like the, the quieter, I use it loosely, episodes were like one and three. Mm. Um, and then everything was just kind of like, um, just pace, 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 pace. And I thought it was executed really well. I thought the last uh, boss battle between Amit and Konshu was done really well. Um, I wasn't too sure how it was going to look, but it looked really well. Um, and I liked, one of the things I really loved is the fact that the, the titles subtly changed every week. Every week is a little bit more revealed, a little less, some taken away, some revealed. Mm. And also kind of showing about how a different how um we see culture as well so one of the things that i noticed it was in one of the ending tunes i use a tune that's like a, a well-known uh a well-known song um but we know it from a hook we we know it from Aaliyah. i don't know what to tell you that hook but they used the original for the end of moonlight which i thought was brilliant just to show that kind of weaving of you may think we're telling a new story. You may think you don't know who we are, but you know what? You do. You do know this background. And it's very interesting, the fact that Mark is Jewish and has been chosen by an Egyptian 
avatar an egyptian to be an avatar mm. i first find that very 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 interesting and yeah i i thought they they handled the uh imagery of abuse very well um i thought it was done really well it it it, it took my breath away a bit um they didn't dwell on the details i don't think they needed to i think they left a lot to imagination and i thought it was i thought it was really strong i really enjoyed moonlight but weirdly i'm i'm fine without a season two i'd like to but i'm fine without it do you get what i mean no you're wrong there should be a wow. season two wow cool. okay yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm challenging you. Okay, thank you, thank you for challenging me. So, above <laughs> for you, how does it like compare with the the storylines that you've read with Moonlight? Because I'm not familiar with Moon, Moonlight. Only like rough around the with edges. With the comic book, especially um, from when I last read it, it's been a while since I read Moonlight. If I'm gonna be honest, because I started reading it back again when the um, Mr. Knight character or Mr. Knight version of him was introduced, um, right. done by Warren Ellis. Yeah, and um, he was kind of a like a PI style, like a film noir, like a film noir kind of kind of character. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, if I remember right, the story the story arc just abruptly ended. There wasn't really any kind of resolution to it. It was just basically this is a part of him now. Deal with it, kind of thing. Kind of, yeah. kind of thing you got from it. And then many, when, then the next follow up was pretty much more. It was kind of more of what you saw in the series where. You, because the idea with Moonlight is like you don't know if he actually is insane or right. not, and that's what you question. You question it: is this actually happening, or is it all in his head? Because there was that, that was a whole concept. Like you, you kept seeing these things happen, and he's working. Then not time he would end up back in that place where he in that, in that asylum, and you're like, okay, was that just another event, or what did actually happen? Yeah. That's that's what and, that, and, that, and that's what and that was kind of. Nice to be back in that, in that situation where you're like, hmm, is this actually happening? Did, it, did any of this happen? Yeah. Kind of thing. So, you know, it was um, from a, from an a, from a old school comic book reading standpoint, it, it, it hit the nail on the head personally. So, um, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, that's our tiny review on uh, Moon Knight. Big Man will follow up eventually when he watches it. Exactly. Also, want to shout out uh, Shooty Gatwa as the new Doctor. It's been announced today. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> So this is going to be interesting. I, and Russell T. Davis is back on writing duties as well for Doctor oh, Who. Good, good, good. So looking forward to that with interest. Uh, I've seen a lot of people go, uh, you don't know I'm going to be watching the Blue Box, um, Blue Box TV show, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> and a shout out because I know he's brilliant in sex education. So I'm looking forward to that work. Uh, this should be good. All I'm going to say to all the fans out there, be prepared for a storm of negativity, but at the end of the day, yep. stand strong, stand positive. Yep. We know yep. all it's going to be a good... It's We're going to see how it turns out. It's not about the colour of the skin, it's about the performance and the passion they put into the project. So let's see yep. the passion they have for it, okay? We all, uh, everyone's going to get up in arms when you change something. Be yep. open to change and just embrace it. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But don't make it be about how he looks or how he acts or well make it be about how he acts actually to be fair but mm. not how he looks and what the color of his skin is all right it people, is always let, orientation let's... or yes. anything else like that no stay yeah. strong stay positive and let's see how it works out very true very true so on that note we're gonna get to my uh my topic for the week and i wanted to off the back of moon Knight, kind of point out for me the qu- ask the question, what made Luke Cage so damn awesome? White people. Wow. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Come there and clap you. What? <laughs> oh, hey, what are uh, you on today? <laughs> hey, 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 hey. I'm joking. Hey, well, hey. yes and no, I'm not kind of joking to be fair because if I'm going to be honest, when it comes to Luke Cage in general, there was a period, or a long period, where he wasn't prominent in comic books. He would make appearances in Daredevil from time to time, but he mm-hmm. wasn't. He didn't have his own comic book line for a while. Like I think the last yeah. time, at a, at, at a certain point in time, I think the last major comic book series he had was during the period of Max when they brought out Marvel Max, which was pretty yeah. much a more explicit, explicit, more violent, more X-rated version of Marvel. Like Punisher had a story. Um, 
Luke Cage, Shang-Chi, Jessica Jones. Um, a bunch of them had like their own more explicit, more, you know, more adult oriented and content. Bloody hell. You just actually say Marvel match just that's just brought that to a throwback, ain't it? Yeah, because that's, that, yeah, that's back because that takes us back to the days when we were just hanging out in the comic books, when, chat talking about um, shooting the shit, mate. That was that was yeah. that's that's, that's, that was the last period that Luke Cage had any prominence at the time. But then, mm. but then when a certain writer, um, Brian Michael Bendis, oh yeah, um, like I said, he was working on Daredevil a lot, and he was using um, Luke Cage quite a bit, and Jessica mm. Jones and Iron Fist um, to mm. make um to make appearances from time to time but he also was the man who brought him more to prominence in the 2000s when it came to um putting him in on the avengers making him a leader of the avengers eventually the thunderbolts team and the main reason why he did that was because brian michael bendis has kids adopted um, he has adopted kids who are black mm-hmm. so he wanted them to see more characters or more people like them so he thought he used more. He he starts to use um, um, Luke Cage more. He he created Miles Morales, and the rest is history. And that's why. And and you know, and that, I think that helped to to give Luke Cage a bit more love and a bit more promise in the comic book industry. That's where you get the Netflix series. Yeah, shout out to Brian Michael Bendis every time. And whenever shit comes up with being racist, Brian Michael Bendis is not having it. He's mm-hmm. not going to sit quietly. He will call you out. So shout out to Brian Michael Bendis every goddamn time for doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it brings us to... So I, what I'd like to do is talk about, like in my opinion, um, with the awesomeness of the show. And I think one of the things that the... The thing with, um, you know, with Luke Cage, obviously it, you know, it's part of the Defenders, part of the whole, you know... Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Iron Fist to the Defenders. And, you know, shout out to Chair Hadari Koka, um, who was a music, music journalist and a film and a television writer and producer. Um, before he'd done uh, Luke Cage, he did uh, NCIS, Almost Human, Ray Donovan, and he was a writer on Creed 2 as well. Okay. Um, which I found very interesting. Um, I think the thing that I like about Luke Cage is that it kind of demonstrates to me how you can have the comet, you can bring something, it's almost like a renovation, you can bring something down like back to its bare bones and start to build something new on those bones but keep the damn bones. Mm. And one of the things that hit with me, because once again, it's a, a comic I wasn't very familiar with, just knew about kind of like in passing. But for me, like the series of Luke Cage hit me as a hip hop head. I'm a huge hip hop head. And like it hit me on levels because you didn't see it portray, you didn't see these things portrayed in a way. And especially in terms of um, black culture, that's very superficial. So here I go on trying to break down some of the elements that I love about um, Luke Cage and something mm-hmm. people may not know and understand and appreciate about Luke Cage. So it's the fact that um, hip hop has is often broken down into elements of hip-hop right there are people who say that's four seven five ten whatever right but it breaks down to emceeing djing breakdancing graffiti and beatboxing right five elements and a lot of that is all work all the way through um luke cage so season one luke cage every um, episode is named after a song by gangstar season two every episode is named by a song um from p rock and cr smooth this is foundational hip-hop and to get into the weeds of it uh the music production of the show the, com- the composition was done by adrian young adrian young did the music for black dynamite no um, of course he did yeah he did oh, he did oh, yeah <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Said, now you know you, you're, you're not yeah. gonna know um <laughs> The other musical creation was also, you know, as well as uh, Chio Hidori Koka himself, was also done by, by Ali Shaheed Muhammad. Ali Shaheed Muhammad is one of the members of a tribe called Quest, um, and also part of the supergroup Lucy Pearl, which featured Raphael Sadiq from Tony 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 and Dawn Robinson from En Vogue. The first musical group to a uh, musical uh, guest to appear in season um, one, episode one of Luke Cage. Is Raphael Steak. 
so that ties in the R&B kind of thing, kind of um, element to what the, the hip hop gravitated towards. Um, in terms of the other thing I love about it, I'm going to go back and forth, so keep with me, is the fact that um, Harlem is as much as a place as Hell's Kitchen. Mm. And it's back to the Stan Lee thing of, of, how, of wanting to have a place that you had, that you could see consequences in and that lived and breathed. Not like Gotham and Metro- that's what one of the things Stanley didn't like about DC, one of many things, was the fact that there's no consequences in Gotham and Metropolis because they're not real places. Yeah. Whereas Peter Parker, in in there's going to be some pro- there's going to be a knock on to what he does, and you're going to see it. There's going to be a knock on in Hell's Kitchen with their with um, with Daredevil, and it's going to be a knock on, you know, in Harlem with Luke Cage, and you can you know, and also kind of juxtaposing these characters in familiar places helped to enhance story. And this was done brilliantly because obviously we, we know a lot of, you know, things about New York and what have you through that kind of, especially like with Spider-Man, it's well lit. We see all of it. It's fine. Daredevil started that kind of darker hue, looking at the grit of gentrification of Hell's Kitchen, you know, coming from what it was to what it is now. And I found it interesting that Harlem was kind of a mixture of light and dark where it was shot in these ways that also showed the history of Harlem that people didn't know about and how important black people are to that community. It also showed the fact that it's not as simple as just music. It's the, you know, there's the whole thing online of the, uh, there's what's called the the Luke Cage syllabus, which is all the books referenced throughout Luke Cage that you can read. I will link that in the show notes. So it's things like Ralph Ellison talking about, which is the Invisible Man and Julius Lester, talking about black folktales up to uh, Walter Mosley, Little Green, which mm. is, you know, that whole kind of film noir kind of, you know, devil, you know, both, basically most famously known for Devil in the Blue Dress, which is a fantastic yeah. book and fantastic film, through to like, you know, Kenyatta and all these other things and the importance of barbershop culture. Because you could say that if Pops had been left alone, none of the shit would have gone down mm. in Luke Cage if Pops had been left alone. And... Because barbershops, as we like covered in season one, uh, barbershops are intrinsic to the community. There's a lot that happens around it. And there's even a lot of things I noticed watching back, like where Misty kind of hints that she was protected as a young girl from nefarious people because of the barbershop. Mm. So it's kind of not just a male space, but also a space that could operate as protection. And in that being fucked up, it fucks everything because everything from there just goes pear when when that when that shop just is not only is pops killed but the shop's destroyed. It's like that's the heart gone right there. And I just love the way that things like interweave. So there's things I'm looking at, like the fact that um, Mike Coulter is shot beautifully. He is shot absolutely beautifully because there notoriously um, is an issue or was an issue around filming uh, black people, especially dark black people, mm. tend to look dusty. And a lot of it sometimes down to print, actual print and, and the ranges now with digital and changes to that. It doesn't have to be that way anymore. Misty, you know, oh my God. Sometimes Misty is shot so beautifully, it hurts my heart. Don't talk, don't she, talk to me about her, please. Please don't. Oh God, she, it's just <laughs> shot beautifully. And I love the fact that they were saying, I was like, when I was talking into it, they were saying that um, with Luke, Obviously, if he's a man trying to stay undercover, he's not going to walk around in this Power Man costume mm-hmm. because it's yellow. So what they do a lot of times is that they'll have him in the blue Carhartt or another hoodie with a yellow on the inside to frame his face. So it's like he's always uplit in that gold until the time they actually do that reveal where he has to wear that costume the one time um, on the escape. But they always try to frame him in yellow rather than put him in yellow. So like a guy who's undercover is not going to want to be walking around in the hood in yellow. And it's like, that's true. Um, it's just when I, when I started to look into it, I was like, oh my god! I just and it just like I had to put I had to put music on when I was like doing my research because it was just kind of hitting my heart in ways of like how things that are kind of linked, especially like musically. So bear with me, guys. So you know, I said that Ali Shaheen Muhammad uh, was a part of a tribe called Quest and Lucy Pearl. Yeah. Tribe called Quest then worked with Leads of New School, which brings you to Buster Rhymes. Um, 
Gangstar is based like, on all the songs from Gangstar. That's DJ Premier and Guru. DJ Premier works with, well, with almost everybody in prominence in hip hop. Uh, Guru did a lot of jazz stuff as well. And they're both, you know, and Make Guru Rest, Guru did pass away a couple of years back. So that means we've got the kind of the R&B stuff covered. Raphael Sadiq with that. Dawn from In Vogue. You've got the guests that always come through. So the second guest is Faith Evans who was yeah, wife to Biggie. Yeah. Um, you also have Dapper Dan and Jadina. Jadina looked very like kind of that held to the chief song. It looks very like suited and booted. To me, reflected the kind of elements people don't see with hip hop, which is about the dress of it. And Dapper Dan actually appears twice. He appears in season one and season two. And if you don't know who Dapper Dan is, one, look him up. Number two, you actually do know who he is. Because if you can think of the front cover of Paid in Full, the front album of Paid, Paid in Full, or Salt, Salt Pepper's first album, or like LL Cool James going through the leather phase, that is all Dapper Dan. <laughs> so shout out to that. Um, it goes into the fact that you've got like the Delphonics, which is old school soul, Ghostface Killer in season two, Method Man in season one, which links us to Wu-Tang Clan. So that's quite, kind of like almost like almost all of that new york kind of base covered which links stephen marley makes an appearance um in season two which links to the foundations of hip-hop because the foundations of hip-hop are like, a lot of reggae tunes that links to the marley family which is you know obviously speak for themselves krs1 is in season two play the kiss um you know from the locks and bad boy and I love the fact that the last guest in season two is Rakim, the greatest rapper of all time. Um, fight me. I don't, yeah, any, any, don't come, don't come. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> the greatest rapper of all time is Rakim, the greatest MC of all time. And the only other person who could have ever taken on Rakim, unfortunately, is no longer with us, Big L. And even Big L gets referenced in Pops' eulogy. So it's this constant information and flow about hip hop. You know, the fact that Cottonmouth has the has the Biggie um, portrait in the back with the king. And another thing I noticed as well is that the, the colours of Cottonmouth kind of run through a lot of the colours of the Defenders. But he never sticks to one because it's almost like you can't ever be the king, Rude Boy, ever. So there's a lot of red, which is from Daredevil. There's a lot of kind of the, that greens a bit and a bit of yellow. So it's like it's almost touching all of the Defenders at some point. Jessica Jones notice she goes through purple, but it's it's in it's purple and blues because purple wasn't her. It's that piece of shit. Mm. Um, so it's almost like she's she hasn't really come into her own yet. Well, the blue does. Re- well, the blue does represent her, her original costume, and she was well, uh, you know and she, yeah. she didn't play it in the series. Her, her the original series, yeah. character was Jewel. So and, and I do the like the fact that the, the the defenders like in their in their coloring are like. The, the primary colours, you know, the red of Daredevil, the yellow of Luke Cage, the blue of Jessica Jones. I officially get a green with a bit of yellow if we let you kind of ting. <clears throat> and then I find it funny that Kingpin's white. A lot of this thing around Kingpin is white. It's yeah, just he's, like, he's you know, always white. Yeah, it's always, always white. white throughout everything else. And I just love that depth. I love the fact that I was sitting there as hip hop head and I'm listening to what the songs to to like the titles the titles what that meant and the significance and it was something that hadn't been done in that way before and that's why i absolutely adored luke cage let alone going into the performances let alone going into mike colter let alone going into you know frankie phase on all of it let alone going into shades and i don't think we talk about that enough as well the fact that um that shades was as was a was straight up bisexual straight up was and the and the line that he says you know i loved you so much i was a bitch for you and i was like well, i remember seeing that and being like i'm sorry what i because i just found it so like you don't really see it mm-hmm. and i like that we saw it i like that we have that that conversation because obviously you know the rhetoric around you know jailhouse and this that and the other and what have you is very negative um and not to like throw shade on and kind of you know it's oz in it it's mm. it's that kind of it's it's rapey it's all that horrible stuff whereas it's like it's not always like that and but also that's not it's it's more complicated and that's why i liked the every character was complicated and i did see some reviews that were saying things like the thing about luke cage is that they're not just watching 
the plots unfold you're watching the people so even the parts that may be a bit like oh you're still you want to see how those people are are going along and i think the device of always having claire turn up in every single one was a really good because because we've got someone that we're always linked to we're always looking through and looking Mm. for and and it just connects everything Completely, yeah. completely. It's, it's basically it's it's equivalent to Stan Lee being in every single MCU film. Yeah, it is. You kind of need that thing that ties everyone together, or Coulson bringing the Avengers together. You need that mm. person that just like, yeah. that, that catalyst, basically. Completely. And it's Rosario Dawson, so you know. There, there is that too. There is that too. Always easy on your eye. Also helps as well. Say again. I said also her being easy on your eye definitely helps as well. <laughs> easy on your eyes? We talking about? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, little... oh, look at mm-mm, uh, mm-mm, hey. you licking lips. Jeez, yeah, oh my! I'd love to do more lip lips or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Rosario, right, I don't remember Rose Rosario. I don't remember that. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was my little uh, my little rant on the way of the of the way that Luke Cage personifies like the four to five elements of hip hop. Why it was awesome. Why it's really why the characters have life and depth and breadth and i think even the kind of i think originally i remember like seeing cottonmouth and being like yeah cottonmouth and when when he got taken i was like oh but i think in the grand scheme of things i like it overall now with distance behind me i look back on that now and go this was this was a brilliant piece um you know yes there's always i'm, I'm gonna want season three but I'm also like I can see where there should be a tightness now, and that's that's what that's the hit that I think that they all took that Daredevil, Luke Cage, and Jessica Jones took is like playing with how long do we make this? One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. What does the story do? How can we follow the characters? You know, and why we get this tightness that I think reflects in Moonlight. Um, I think for me, the familiarity pushed it to another level. But with that same energy, it makes me want to know more about Moonlight and what some of the things mean and what they're significant as, if you get what I mean. Mm. You know, and yeah, that that was just my kind of, my little joyous rant. I will put links in the description to the Luke Cage syllabus. I will also put a link in the description to this amazing guy called T.L. Cross who 
shows does all these videos on instagram and tiktok about how artists and hip-hop are like interlinked interchanged and it goes into places you don't even think about and it's really absolutely amazing like how you get from like a gospel thing like a gospel choir or this weird thing in the caribbean to prodigy from mob deep and i'm not even joking it's really really good so i will leave a link in the description to that but the beat the heartbeat that runs throughout luke cage's hip-hop the soundtrack was, was always the highlight of the show. I mean, the show oh, was gotcha. great. But you have to admit, I mean, when I was watching it first time around, don't get me wrong, I was fully invested. But when you're hearing tracks in the back, then like, damn, man, there's some tunes getting played in this program. And because that's a mixture of all of it. And it's got yeah. because of, with Adrian Young, you have that black exploitation because there is an element of black exploitation in there. And I think sometimes you need to lead. I think that before we, we kind of went to be a bit like, oh, it's a dirty little secret and. It's something to be ashamed of. Black Dynamite broke that. We we thoroughly enjoyed the match. In fact, I'm going to watch that tonight because I need to watch that whole bit with the with with the uh, with the extra again, where the man gets that goes what the what and they cut the scene again and do it with an extra because man's are taking a hit. And also that whole bit where they do the whole trying to figure out what the plot is mm. with with things that make absolutely no goddamn sense. Um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, I, I, just, I, I, I look forward to more things like that because I do think that with, I mean, you know, the, 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 the elephant in the room is I didn't like Iron Fist. Oh, no um, offense, no one liked Iron Fist. No one. And, and it, I, I, but, was, see, but the thing is, it's like, it's like, okay, I'm going to probably play devil's advocate here. And I'm, okay, so what I noticed a lot were that there were people from the Asian community who didn't like the fact that it was a white guy coming in to do it. But the, I can't be offended by that just to the fact that I grew up with Iron Fist and Iron Fist has always been, I'm sorry, he's always been a blonde hair, blue eyed white guy. Yeah. And it's, it, it was, so I, that's what that's what I was expecting. So that wasn't my, I, that, I had no problem with that aspect of it. I'm not saying it is a problem. I'm not saying it isn't a problem, but the fact of the matter is there are other characters that will that there are plenty of Asian characters in the Marvel in the Marvel universe that you know that will hit that stereotype. But like the the problem I had with that argument is basically saying that that you're not allowed to appreciate the culture. Yeah, and and uh, like because like, I cry now. I've uh, obviously grown up. I grew up in South London. I love martial arts, but. It felt like the argument was they're not allowed, um, if you if you're not Asian you, or you, you can't learn martial arts and I lost my martial arts for everybody you know if you wanted to learn that's yep. the thing but I kind of get the anger due to the fact that how many times have you seen a generic white guy come into a different culture and just take it and leave you yep. know I get and I get and I, again I do get it but yep. that wasn't my that's not my argument for why Moon Knight was crap Moon Knight was. Night? I mean, not Moonlight. Well, um, Iron, Iron Fist was crap. I apologise. <laughs> Moonlight was not crap. Moonlight was awesome. I, my, 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 uh, for, I'll keep that saying again. Well, Iron Fist is crap. The problem with Iron Fist is that they rushed it. Yep. And Finn didn't want to put in the work. No. Like, from day one, when he got on, got on set, they, he said he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to do the martial arts. But, you know, you should have read a contract before you signed up, mate. That's what I'm going to say. How can you not do the role where martial arts is a part of the role? Exactly, and you know, so so like when I'm like, okay, I'm uh, okay, I'm 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 a I'm a heckler for good um, choreography, for good martial arts. You know, I've, oh, come on, we I've, I've, we we grew up with kung fu films, and you know, me and my yep. Jackie Chan love that. I I I take choreography very very personally, very seriously, yep. and very personally. And the, and the fight, like, what gets me is that a lot of the people who, a lot of the guys who do the stunt choreography, the fight choreography in the, in all the Marvel stuff, all the Netflix stuff, all the DC stuff are the guys I followed I followed on YouTube. So like, you know, people like um, the Thousand Pound Stunt um, st- um, Fight Team, the EMC Monkeys. Yeah. These guys like, basically did a bunch of um, fan films on YouTube and like, a lot of them are working in the industry to this day and they're doing like, amazing jobs and working on big films. But, so I know for a fact you've got a good solid team mm. on these shows. And even 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 what even um like there's there was an interview with one of the guys on the show. He was saying basically we were just told we had this amount of time to to learn to to, to sort this out and 
then we had to go. So we weren't given any prep time. Shit like that, you need like at least a few months, a few (laughs) months to get to train, to train your actors, to get them integrated into the choreography and and, and the takes and get to work with other the people they'll be working with and then boom, but we weren't given that time. And you could tell because the fight choreography was sloppy as fuck. I mean, there was a, there was a fight scene um, between, um, between Danny and this guy who was doing Drunken Style and Drunken Style is, is, is my favourite fighting style when it comes to Kung Fu in general. It's my favourite fighting style. And he, oh, he just, pissed on there it pissed me off how ah. i can hear it in your voice bro. oh it's disgusting i mean right i can't do i can't professionally do drunken style but i can professionally watch it and i was watching shit so but yeah but yeah i've, I've done my I'm, round on iron fist i mean i think that's that's the thing with iron fist is like by comparison jessica jones had work on it because jessica jones and i i will Maybe do maybe come just comes another episode because she does need her own one. Um, Jessica Jones was more of a thing from the every every one of those those series had something to say. Jessica Jones was about trauma. It was about recovery. It was about that this is not a neat tidy package. It was also about filming from the female gaze. There was, it's very different and also kind of the importance of female relationships, especially in season one. You know, and there was something to say. There was work to be done, and my girl Kirsten put in the work because I saw her. Tra- I saw her training where she put in the work to do what she did, and it was convincing. <laughs> We're not talking complicated scenes because Jessica Jones is a brawler. She's not someone who's refined in her art form. It's just she's brawling for Jesus. Do you mm. know what I mean? Um, Luke Cage has that same kind of energy of just it's, it's that kind of like he almost makes it so look so simplistic that you're a chief. Yeah. Like, okay, you idiot. That kind of thing. She throws you across half the world. Do you know what I mean? Daredevil is probably the the, the, the most technical brawling that we saw. And that was, some, I mean, you know the corridor scene is my, oh my God, that's one of the best. I mean, I remember when, I remember when that premiered, I was asleep. Clint watched it. My husband watched it um, in the, in the AM. And I heard a shout and I ran out like something was wrong. And he's like, watch this. And when I saw this scene, I was like, Oh my god! Oh my! And I just want to point out, I had not seen any of Daredevil to this point, right? I've been woken up. It's in the AM, and I'm just seeing. It's the first thing I'm seeing is that corridor scene, and I was like, "What in the?" And so remember, I don't know who Daredevil is. I don't know it. It's Charlie Cox. I don't know anything. I just see this. And I go, "What is this?" So, and everybody put in weight for all that they were doing. You know, in Luke Cage, it was everyone put in weight. I mean, and when you look at who's in it, you're like, this is it. Like, Alfred Woodward and Ali, like, uh, Marshall and Ali, like, what, are we, what are we doing here? Like, for, for real? Oh, okay, of course. And to have Iron Fist, like, my issue, I think the issue with Iron Fist, and I get at the time why those voices were very loud about him being a white guy, because there were so, so many white um you know, the kind of white protagonist that comes into this thing, takes it over and doesn't give credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day with Green Hornet, for God's sake, do you know what I mean? Like, literally, Carradine stole from Bruce from Bruce Lee. How is Carradine anywhere in pissing, pissing Well, to be distance? fair, it wasn't Carradine personally. It was I know, the, it, was, it, was I know it wasn't Carradine per se, <laughs> the producers, but on a level, I'm still vexed about it all these years later. <laughs> because like, it is literally not, like... It's not like he came into his house and went, Bruce, that's mine now. You know, because, you know, you know, it was like, he couldn't do that because Bruce would have slapped in the face. But, uh... So I, I, I got that, but I think that wasn't the, I think that wasn't the, and I also feel that at the time people were getting fed up with being told these stories that weren't immersed from the people that they're re- referring to. Actually, do you remember years back when I showed you that Bruce Lee documentary? And um, there was, if I'm not mistaken, actually, I can't remember if it is the actress I'm thinking of that did say it, but someone said it on a a documentary. The actress that played um, in Mandalorian, the woman that took on um, Rosario Dawson's character. I forget. I forget the actress's name. Yes. Yeah. No, you're talking about. I know her face. I can't remember her name. Yeah. She's she's a she's a prominent stunt woman. Her. Mm. She's she's um she's 
daughter to Bruce Lee's best friend, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And she's, I think, I can't remember if it was her who said it, but someone said it in the document, like, at the, t- well, at the time anyway. But I can't think of a mainstream Hollywood film with an Asian lead, like, in a romantic yeah. role. Yeah. Like, you, and, and at the time you couldn't, obviously now we do have a bit more, um, but now we do. Like, you know, you have like yeah. Crazy Rich Asians, you have, yep. um, you, you have um, everything everywhere at once coming, which is coming oh, out. I can't wait to watch that. I can't wait to watch that. It's out Friday. Yeah, yeah. And it's and, and right, and, and mm. right, completely right. And, and by the same token, it we meet Luke Cage reading the book. That's yeah. literally how we meet Luke Cage is reading the book. Because, like, yeah, black people do... The next thing is, I'm hoping, season three, Luke Cage is swimming. Because... <laughs> if we're, if he can't we're, swim! He's black. If we're, if, if we're gonna crush all stereotypes, let's, let's just start doing it. No, um, we don't swim, sis. No, just... Hey, I swim, like a, I swim like a legend. Thank you very much. I swim like, I swim um, like a log. <laughs> but, um, I think... I, I get the disappointment, because it's almost like Jessica Jones had their day. You know, Luke Cage had its day. I think there was hope around it. In a way, I'm glad it went the way it did. Mm. I kind of was like, since you're going to be so goddamn disrespectful to to martial arts, to not trying to do nothing, Finn, get your ass handed to you. I hope it hurts. I hope you get injured. Uh, don't come back for another season. We don't want to see it. And now, Marvel, can you do this right? Because I do think if that had been successful, I don't think we'd have got a, Shang- a, a proper Shang-Chi. Yeah. No way we would have got a proper Shang-Chi. Because remember, after this, we still got the flipping... The, the, we still were, were dealing with the whole, like, Ancient One thing, which I, at the time justified, but now I can't justify. Um, Because, it's like, no, it shouldn't have been Tilda Swinton. And no, you don't have to lean into stereotypes, because you know what? Weirdly, there are thousands of writers who could help you to do that. Those who aren't cosplaying as Asian people. You can lean in and do something that is exceptional, that is intelligent, that has depth. Because you know what? All other cultures do have intelligence and depth, and you can put that there. So I'm glad you flopped. He's a chief. I said it. And I'm glad, because without that, we wouldn't have got Shang-Chi, which is absolutely brilliant. And I do think that the content that we do consume with comics, with films, with TV, should make us think more, should make us look deeper, should interrogate and, and, and make our minds fire up a bit. It's the same, like, I love the fact that on, like, Mr. Knight's outfit, it looks a little bit like weave and bandages, like, that we have for that kind of stereotypical of the Egyptian mummies. Mm. I absolutely love that little detail, and the little details to do with the weaponry. And all this. It's like, yeah, because now we're looking at something for the entirety of it. So, in a way, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad that Iron Fist was weak. Um, it had a great opportunity to do something better. It didn't. And I think that was kind of like... It's almost fan service gone wrong. Okay. And well, laziness. And was... You can't have a something like that. Okay. You can't, but... because they are, as, as, as you've shown me, these are great teams. And, you know, on a, on a real, if Michael Serra can try in Scott Pilgrim, then Finn can goddamn try. That sure. is very... But I'm still, I'm not going to say I'm glad it, it fell, I'm never going to be glad when something I love fails, regardless of, okay, grind, I'm, I'm, I'm like, yeah. Finn Jones, not a fan, but... no. I mean, he improved when he was in Defenders, and he improved. Apparently, he improved in season two, but I didn't watch it. But um, oh, no, apparently, I, don't know, I didn't watch it. But, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm like when anything like anything that comes from something I love fails, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say I'm glad it failed because I'm not. Cause I, you know, I get, I mean. get what you mean. I'm not gonna take it back. It's like no, I'm, okay, I'm, if, gonna if, say, if, I'm just gonna say yeah. you're wrong. <laughs> Thanks. That's fine, and you're wrong too. Um, because I because because I can imagine a world where Finn Jones had done well, and they were like, "Well, let's keep doing this thing that we keep doing." Well, they didn't. And there's they were, no need were, to. Well, they did well enough to get a season two, so technically it did. I feel like, well, but then they all got they all got season twos, except Defenders. They all got season twos. Jessica Jones got season two. Yeah, they all um, got season two. Season three, season three to be fair. Yeah, season three. Yeah, so. And, you know, without the merger, you know, in, without World of Disney Plus, who knows what, what could have happened. But I'm, I feel like they were signed up for two. There was nothing to go, oh, let's just keep, keep, it, keep it going. But the buzz was there and it, and it, didn't, it didn't inspire people. And, you know, I hear you on a level, bruv. I don't like it with stuff I love fails. But on a level, if it meant that that made, that made way to more... It, it's like thought, you know, you know I... <laughs> One of the things I have as an indicator um, of a Marvel movie is I always say to Brav, like, if he sees it before me, I go, is it, is it Thor Dark World? 
But then the thing is, that's not fair because I actually quite like Dot for Dot. Well, not as much as the most, but I actually I didn't hate it as much yeah. as everyone else did. So but I get it's what you're my, it's, it's my indicator, which is basically like, is it that? Which is like, for all it's, it's whatever it is, it's still to me bad. Um, I bad. can see, yeah, I know, and then some. Um, <laughs> I can, um, and I stand behind it. However, if that meant that I, if if thought if it took Thor Dark World to be bad, and I'm really glad, I'm really bad, I'm really upset that um, what's his name played the villain Chris, um, who Eccleston, was Eccleston. Yeah, was... I'm really, I'm like sad to hear that he had a really tough time on the set. I'm really sad to hear that he was actually going through an actual breakdown. I'm sad to hear that he had asked specifically not to be in heavy costume um, stuff, and they put him right in one. Mm-hmm. And it exacerbated his mental health problems, and he had to take some serious time out. I'm really sad to hear that. Um, it's a shame because the, the character you played, he didn't really need to have heavy shit on. No, no, yeah, so exactly. That's really just that's ridiculous. Yeah, but then exactly, and you know I, that shouldn't have happened at all. And respect people's goddamn boundaries at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, the the knock on from that was I got Tyker doing <laughs> doing Ragnarok bringing a different feel and you know hopefully fingers crossed that uh love and thunder is just as good again like, i think i said to multiple people when it comes to taika like you can tell everyone is on their game when he's when he's doing a film because you can tell everyone's having fun yeah like yeah. like for like for yeah. example i i'm not the biggest scarlett johansson i'm scarlett johansson fan but um she like again. I, I like I like her films in general. I do like her. I did like Black Widow, and I like her. I, I like her. Films like Dynamite, though. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I've just lost my train of thought because of that. <laughs> I forgot I was going to fucking. Say, I literally have forgotten what I was going to say now. Fuck's sake, Chantel. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, I've legitimately, you, you, I've legitimately forgot what I was going to say. Seriously. Uh, Scarlett Johansson in uh, Working with Taika Waititi. Uh, in Jojo Rabbit, I'm guessing. You completely made broken. You've actually oh fucking God, broken, broken me. Jesus Christ. Oh <laughs> that's it. Sorry. That's that's it. Okay. Like, <laughs> like, she, like her performance in Jojo Rabbit was so good and like compared to what she usually does because you can tell she was actually having fun yeah and it was and it, like, i made her performance hilarious and just genuinely good so when when so when things happen to her in that show you're like oh crap i actually feel bad now she made me she made me she made me care for a change so you know like so so like i feel like he's gonna do nothing but amazing things because like everyone seemed to have fun on the on the set of thor ragnarok so i can only imagine yeah. what's gonna happen what's happened already on um love and thunder and I, I look forward to uh, to watching um, Our Flag Means Death. Um, That's the pirate one, I, isn't it? The pirate one. I'm really looking forward to, to, to that. And, of course, more and more of what we do in the shadows because, you know, that is put that into my veins. I absolutely adore that. Um, but, yeah. Oh, just 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 an off top, topic of I've I discovered recently. That's kind of pissed me off at the same time. Uh-oh. Makes sense. Um, okay, okay. We're, we're, we're all fa- fans of Buffy and Angel. Okay, obviously, I used to like I used to love Angel more than Buffy, show wise. Yeah. And obviously, when Buffy uh, when Buffy ends, Angel carried on. And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, okay, you know, it ended on season five. Mm. Do you do, do you know why it ended on season five? You're gonna tell me some bullshit about we did not, aren't you? Exactly. Yeah, I have. I've something about this actually. Yeah, but but apparently, um. He pretty much pressured the um, the um, the um, studio into making a decision whether to to cancel it or not, so he could carry on doing the show. Cause basically, because obviously, what usually happens is that they will let the show play out and then just gauge the gauge the viewership and see how it is. If it's if, it, if yeah. it's still going good, they'll mm. they'll option the next season. If it's not if it goes poorly, obviously they won't. So he didn't give them that choice. He basically just just said, I, I need to know as soon as possible kind of thing. And then because of that, it backfired on him and he said, All right, fine, we'll just cancel it. Motherfucker, you know what? I'm not even gonna bother because <laughs> I loved Angel. I mean the wrong stars for the Buffy fans just like everyone else. Mm. But then when Angel had his own thing I appreciate that a lot more. Yeah, I mean, same. 
straight away, Sam mentions Angel, I think the Adventure Time episode. Where they all oh, the, oh, oh, the puppet one. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. You're I'm a bloody puppet! That one. Yeah. I'm just thinking of that one. Yeah, straight away and seeing Spike getting stared through a wall. <laughs> no, it's 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 the bit where they all teeth or he does the thing with the eyebrows and they all go in the line to do the walk. I'm just like <laughs> they're all Muppets and I can't handle this. Oh uh, just... But yeah, you saying that it makes sense because I remember that last episode. Some big ass was it a dragon that they're fighting? Yeah, so, so basically the last episode was pretty much the end of the world. So yeah, um, yeah, because they basically plan to like to take out all the main head, the main heads of Wolfram Wolf and Hart. Yeah, and um, pretty much they're yeah, like Wesley gets killed, Gunner's injured, um, and it's basically left with with um, a radio spike, Angel, and an injured gun. Um, and basically, like, just hordes of demons, or I say hordes of demons, there's an alleyway of demons coming towards them, and then there's a dragon in the sky, basically, and, yeah, and it ends pretty much like, all right, let's go to work, and it ends right there and then, but, like, if you read the graphic, read the comic books, it does basically carry on, and you find out that, um, that pretty much all of Los Angeles is kind of kept in a pocket dimension, so to the outside world, Los Angeles is Los Angeles, but to the inside, it's legitly hell. Like it's like like it's it's very strange. Like Angel, Angel is um is human. Um, Gun became a vampire. Um, Spike is doing Spike things. It, it, all hell, literally all hell is broken loose. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like I think I've been Marvel Hub has been watching uh michael rosenberg's podcasts on youtube and he's been talking to a lot of folk from mm. angel and mm. buffy and i've just been like i i just I, sometimes i've been like headphones because i can't even do this anymore because i'm just getting angry i'm just mm. getting really angry yeah because and... yeah, we're hearing um spike or james masters talk about oh yeah talk about how like you know he pretty much threatened him <laughs> yeah because because of his popularity is like cause it made sense because i was like because like why is spike a good guy and that then there was that of that that horrible scene with um buffy uh, um yeah i was mm, like that, it made no uh, sense i was like wait no. what and but now but now hearing the behind now the scenes bullshit, i was like ah okay so they're basically trying to make you hate him okay i get he's trying to make you hate him to be fair so yeah it's yeah. all because a character naturally just everyone was like, I really like this character. It's yeah. like, oh, 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 oh my god, oh. you know. What I mean, I had an issue with weeding when I heard basically uh, Chris McCarpenter, I believe it was, yeah, yeah. when she became pregnant, saying, No, nah, that ain't gonna work. So you have to be an option keep the baby, lose the role, or get rid of the baby and keep your role. And I thought, Really, mm-hmm. if this is what we're doing. If this is the level that you're thinking, I've got now F F Whedon done with him and to think, bruv, that we we waited at the Serenity. Oh, from don't him. give me this dude. I've like oh. I've, kissed, I've kissed that man's ass multiple times while I was working at working at FP and I'm like, you know what? Mate, I've, yeah. I I I I attended um, you know, in like an in person talk with him and was like walking on sunshine for days because mm. it was like to sit down like and like talk talk and see how he was doing and how he did yeah. it and what have you. And it inspired me. It mm. it really is and it and it now pisses me off. Mm. But on a level, it's like, you know, at the time you didn't have, it's not like you had the information and are doing what some people do, which is like, well, rape aside, it's like, excuse me, what? Mm. Yeah, there are some things you shouldn't be saying. And I think now that we have the knowledge, um, I think one, it just exposes the practices that have kept a lot of shit going. Two, it's exposed now, so we now have the opportunity to go, okay, I want to either engage with the content or I don't, you know. I I haven't done my annual watch of, of Serenity um, or uh, Firefly. Um, I may, because once again, the performances of the people in it honestly touch my heart every time. You know, Nathan Fillion, you know, I'm, look, let's, let's not even get me started. Um, he will always be, he will always God. be a goddamn, a goddamn international jewel, okay? A yeah. International jewels of the world. Oh, he was he was the highlight of when we went to went to the premiere, big man. He was the highlight. Yeah, he was so friendly as well, and that's yeah. the thing. Oh, no, never. Gone, gone. No, I said just just him being him. Mm. I always always remember when we were literally waiting, and he was like, 
started right at the right at the end of the queue and he stormed through everybody greeting them signing every little thing and just interacting mm. with, oh i love that man i love nathan fillion i do don't be garbage please don't be garbage no i, I no 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 i refuse to believe it i refuse to believe it no. and, oh, not, it just makes you appreciate when, when people aren't mm. when people are just cool people at the end of the day and when they do right henry cavill keep mm. building pcs and one more, one last thing I was gonna say. Big shout out to Johnny Depp. Let him kick Hamburger's ass in the fucking, in the you fucking court. You called it. I would say. Every I time called it. You called it. You called it. We have told a story, right? I'm pr- yeah, I think I've told it multiple times. Yeah, yeah we, 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 we told, told, we told the story times. multiple times. Um, we told we told story about brother, brother, brother met Johnny Depp and Amber Heard before it was official, and he came in and was like, "She's garbage. She's a trash human." And I was like, "Bruv, it's it's you saying that. I'm gonna trust your opinion of her." And now, my girl spread cheeks on the. I'm, I can't eat the, the stuff I'm hearing. Is levels of what the? And also, it's like she's got no friends. Imagine no, no, she, 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 got like, James, she got James Franco. That ain't no one friend, man. No what are you talking about? James Franco. He, he's only a little bit rapey. It's fine. He's now been cancelled, man. So you don't need <laughs> There are some things you don't say. There are some friends you shouldn't have. Mm. I said, uh, you know. My best friends are Kenny. You don't say you don't have them as friends. They aren't, they aren't the arbiters you think they are. They're just not. Jeez. Like when I was hearing, like, like I think recently, like I heard a story about um, what Johnny Depp was telling on. Or I say a story. He was telling. He was telling his. Um, it was, I think, a story um, about the interaction between him, Amber, and Paul Bettany and his kids. The bit. The bitch made. Poor Bettany's eighteen-year-old cry because she just didn't want. She just wanted to be proven wrong in a, in a fucking argument about a subject the boy has actually been or stu- study was basically studying for years. So he had some facts, and because she didn't want to be proven to want to lose, I mean, she just said some horrible things to make the guy to make the kid upset and make him cry. And you're like, and, you're, and then Johnny's like, you need to learn just to be wrong. Seriously, you need to learn to be wrong. And but that says a lot about the type of person she is because I, I watching her on on the stand really, like obviously it's been her turn to be on the stand like the it's the oh. amount of contradictive bullshit she's been saying like watching her pose for kept on on camera for pictures of her like 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 rubbing her nose watching her her try so hard to cry on cue which she cannot do by the way and um <laughs> oh, earn her money one way or another Say again. As if she's an actress, this is what she does. What she, what she's doing, bad job. She can't cry on cue. I can cry. I can cry on cue. I'm not an actress. Let's talk to Mary Elizabeth Winston about the, the take she took for Fun Destination. Do you want to talk about that? Let's do. Mm. Let's do that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. And like, the, like the whole like, <laughs> there's a bit of clip going around that she's legitly um, like people like she's actually she was actually on the sand. She actually took a, like a bump. Like, yeah, that's what he was saying. They think she took a little bump, and it's like, yeah. oh boy. But See, you know, you know what? I guess you know what. Another thing is, we were right about Paul Bettany because those Vision memes were right because he did go black. Date. He did go black down on her a bit. Mm. She's an evil witch. I'm like, Vision. <laughs> we were right about you, Paul Bettany. Vision. Me and Wanda don't talk no more. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, I think we're gonna call it a night. Uh, thank you for listening to our episode uh like share subscribe do all that stuff you can check us out on our socials uh you can look for us on instagram at messed up pod you can find us on twitter at and messed you can email us at st jude's avengers at gmail.com big man what is your socials my socials is on twitter you can find me at war 3782 and on the gram at mr underscore one how about you, Mr. Classic, sir? You can find me if you look hard enough. Boom. No, I'm joking. Um, oh, okay. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me on YouTube on the Instant Classic Game Man. You can also find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitch under Instant Classic underscore gaming. Thank you so much for your time. You guys stay safe out there. And uh, ladies. Ladies, gators. And that's why we're messed up. Produced by the St. Jude's Avengers, edited by Instant Classic Gaming, and music produced by Box Room Music.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.